How many are ready for the word of the Lord? Come on now, put your hands together. We welcome our online audience in. Wherever you're watching, whether you're watching here locally or you're watching from around the world, we welcome you here and we count it an honor that you tuned in with us. I met several families last week that have been watching us here local and decided to come and visit and they just loved us so much. They said, I wanted to come and experience it in person. It's one thing to watch online. It's another thing to be in the house. And so if you're in our area, we invite you to come and be our guests. We would love to have you and see how God can transform your life. Today, we're in the middle of our summer series. What a summer series it's been as we're talking about our DNA, who God created us to be. Now, how many know the world goes crazy over royals, don't they? I mean, it started with Princess Di, and it went on to her children, and it went on to royal weddings, it's gone on to royal babies. We're fascinated when the royal weddings happen, all of a sudden, all you ladies seem to get a little sick. <laughs> like, I gotta call into work, gotta stay home and watch that royal wedding. When royal babies are being born, it's headline news around the world as people are, are, are proclaiming accolades to these royal babies coming in. We're interested in who's staying with the royals and who's moving out of the royal house. It's, it's a fascination that we have, especially in America, with the royals. But let me remind you that 2,021 years ago, a royal baby was born, and his name was Jesus. And he came to change the world. And if you believe in him, the Bible says that we now believe in the power of what Jesus did on the cross for our sins, that we become adopted into the family of God. His blood washes and cleanses me away from all my sins. I am made now in right standing with the Father and a part of the kingdom family. And so you've got to know this. We are children of God. We are adopted of God. And you are kingdom family. Well, pastor, I never had a family before. Well, welcome to the family of God. You belong here. Come on now. You belong here. And today, it's a great thing that we got to know this. It's our DNA, who we are in God's family. So today we're talking about favor. Not just any favor, but royal favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have royal favor. You are made royalty. Let's go right to our text this morning, Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he, what, adopted you as his own child, as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That's an intimate term. It's the most closest term we have to our, our earthly father, like daddy, dad, you know? The same thing. Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, twice now, we are also his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. If we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. So today we see in the scripture twice, it reminds us we are God's child, and twice it reminds us we are heirs of the kingdom. You are an heir of the kingdom. You are royalty today. God has an heir for you. God wants something he wants to give and pass along to you. We are heirs of God, keeping that in mind now. Let's go to our story. We're going to spend some time here in Esther, chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Esther was an orphan. 
She's been adopted now by her uncle. Look at this. When, when the, the turn came for Esther, the young woman who Mordecai adopted, the daughter of, of his uncle, to go to the king, he asked for nothing other than for Haggai, the, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, as he suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. I said again, Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Zucharies and in the royal residence of the 10th month of the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther, more so than any other of the women. And she won his favor and approval more than any other of the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen. Now we see something here where Esther wins the favor of the people and then she wins the favor of the king. How did she go from being adopted, an orphan to being adopted, to now being the queen of Persia? What a, an amazing transformation. What an amazing uh, door opening up for her to the palace. Let me give it to you this way. The world's way is this. The world's way is you pursue what you want. Right? The world's way is I want it, I go after it, and I achieve it. The world's way is if, if I want that person, I, I pursue them and make them mine. I, but see, the king's way is different than the world's way. You become and then you attract. Become who God has called you to be and then you attract the favor. You attract your king. When you become who God is shaping you to be, when you become who God has called you to be, you begin to attract the favor of those God wants you to open up doors with. Look at this statement. You can chase your king or you can become and attract your king. See, we're good at chasing our king and our queen, right? We're good at chasing doors we're good at knocking on doors. We're good at chasing entry into the palace. We're good at saying, I, I want this queen. I want this king. But God's way is the best way. And his way is this. You allow God to begin to change you now. And then he will open the door that you need to have open. He will attract the king you need to be in your life. He'll attract the queen you need to be in your life. There's something about becoming first that will save us a lot of heartache. We've attracted a lot of losers in our life. We've attracted a lot of people who had no good intent in our life. We attracted a lot of people who brought us down in our life. Why? Because we didn't wait for God to bring the right people. We chased the wrong king. We chased the wrong queen. Someone say amen now. I wish you'd have preached this to me 30 years ago, Pastor. This should be an encouragement to all the single ladies. All the single ladies. Come on now. Can I get a, uh, 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 all right, just like, whether you're a single lady or, or guy here today, this should be an encouragement to you. Let me remind you that you become who God's called you to be, and God will bring you your queen. God will bring you your king that you need to have. Too many times we're, we're chasing after the, the wrong person. We're chasing after the wrong person instead of becoming who God wants us to be and allowing the people who don't need to be in our life begin to fall away and waiting for God to bring the right person at the right time. I'm telling you, it's much better that way. Well, I don't want to be alone. Well, do you want to be miserable, okay? 
Or do you want God to open the door to the palace? You want God to bring your king? You want God to bring your queen? See, the king saw something in Esther that nobody else saw. The king saw, you gotta remember, he had the most beautiful women in all the world brought to him. He had the most beautiful women in the world brought to him and there was something about her that stood out. It wasn't just her outer beauty, it was something about the inner beauty that God had done a work on her heart. There's something about who she was. He saw something in her that says she can share the crown. She can handle the load. She can be a wise steward of the kingdom. She can raise up my next king. She can raise up what I've given to her. She can rule this land with authority and with wisdom. There was something about her that he said she can rule beside me because he was building a kingdom. He saw that he could build a kingdom with her. I'm going to wake you up today with this statement. Is that all right? Are you ready for it? Okay, look at this. Peasants look for someone to sleep with. Kings look for someone to build a life with. Are you wanting to attract the king or are you wanting to attract the peasant? Come on now. Let me say it again. What I'm saying is this, when you begin to say, God, I'm going to put you first. God, I'm going to let you make me first. You'll begin to attract someone that says, wait, there's, there's something different about that girl. There's something different about that guy. They're standing out amongst a bunch of peasants. There's somebody with some royal favor on their life. There's somebody who's got a destiny in their life. There's somebody who's got a kingdom mindset. There's somebody, I, hey, I can build something with this person. That's a person I can build a family with. That's a person that's going to have me and my children in the house of the Lord. That's a person that's going to put God first. That's a person that's going to believe the Lord. I'm telling you, become. Become who God's calling you to be and you'll attract the person God's got for your life. Not only will you attract the person, you'll attract the right doors to open. You attract the favor of the Lord. I don't know why God, I don't have any favor. Listen, God wants to open up the favor in your life. See, in the New Testament, we use the word grace. It's a, it's a common word. Throughout, we are saved by grace. We are covered by God's grace. My sins have been forgiven. But in the Old Testament, the word was favor. That was the word, the word favor. And see, Esther, she obtained the favor of the king. Grace is unearned favor. That's what it is. It's unearned favor. And people look at you, how, how do they have favor? How did Esther have favor? That's not fair. She was an orphan. She was adopted. She didn't even come from royal heritage. She wasn't even raised around the palace. That's not even fair. I went to Queen's school all my life, and she was chosen. Are you kidding me? She don't even have 10,000 followers on her Instagram page. I'm telling you, when God gives you favor, that's the favor you want. And the fa that favor that comes with a price. That favor comes with letting God make you first. Esther didn't have favor until she walked into the palace. Did you realize that? We don't see anywhere else where Esther had favor with people. But it wasn't until she walked into the palace that she had favor. We don't see the favor any time before this in Scripture. But once she walked into the palace, then she gained favor with the people. And then she gained favor with the king. Some of you are asking yourself this question. 
Why don't I have favor, Pastor? Why don't I, why don't I have favor? I'm serving God. I'm, I'm, I'm asking God to do this. Why isn't God giving me favor? And could, look at this statement right here. Could it be this? That God doesn't give you favor with people you don't need it with. So if God's not giving you favor with that person, with that boss, with that job, with that group of friends, with that person, if God's not giving you favor with that person, that must mean that that's not the right person for you. That's not the right situation for you. And it's not your time yet to have favor. There's a reason why he's got you where you are right now. Let me tell you this story. I, last week I talked about this, about me taking over a business and God's blessing being upon me. Therefore, the blessing was uh, on the business as well. What I didn't tell you was that when I first started working at a job, that I, I was an outcast. That I, I was the only one who, who was the Christian, as far as I know, on that job. And because of that, I was changing some things in my life. I was making some lifestyle changes. I couldn't go out and party with everybody else after work. Because God was doing something in my life. I had to make a lifestyle change. And because of that, I was isolated. I couldn't talk like everybody else. I had to, I had to change the way I was talking before. I was, and so because of that, I was not in favor. I was the outcast. I was ridiculed. I was mocked many times. I was like, God, I want to quit this job. No one here really likes me. You know, I was feeling sorry for myself. And then one day, the owner of the company, who's never called me before, called me at 7.30 in the morning. How many know when the owner of the company calls you at 7.30 a.m., that's usually not a good call. And he called me. He said, Gene, are you able to come up to the store and meet me? Because I'm up here already. I want you to come up and meet me. So I got in my car. Yeah, it went right there. I walked in, and he sent me down in the office. Said, Listen, I'm firing everybody in the store except for you. He goes, this, this store has been losing money. He goes, I've been getting bad reports. He goes, and as I asked other managers around the area and other assistant managers, the only one they ever spoke good about was you. You're the only one who did his job the way it should have been done. You're the only one who followed through when things need to be done. You're the only one who looked out for the better of the company. And so I'm going to fire everybody else. And I know you've been working part-time and you're in college, but can you, can you become my assistant manager? And I'm going to give you a great raise if you'll stay on. So the reason I'm almost like, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll work for me. That'll, that'll work for me. That'll work for me. And there's a reason why I didn't have favor with those people before, because if I'd have had favor with them, I'd have been fired with them. The reason why I didn't have favor with them was God was saving my favor for the right person who was able to open a door and elevate me at a time when I needed it in my life. I couldn't just fit in. I couldn't just fit in like everybody else. I was letting God make me, and I was in God's favor, and I eventually took over the whole story, and I told you that, 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 that story last week. That never would have happened if I would have not been in the favor of the Lord. That wouldn't have happened if I tried to fit in with everybody else. That wouldn't have happened if I hadn't allowed God to make me, bless me, and change who I was becoming. But it wasn't easy. Look what 1 Peter 2.9 says about us. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Let's say the word together. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 
You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are God's special possession. You got to know that. You are God's holy nation. You got to understand that God has got a favor for your life. And if you'll submit your life fully to him, let him make you, let him mold you, he will open the doors you need for your life. Why? Because you're royalty. You're walking in the favor of the Lord. And even when you don't see the favor, the favor is following you. He said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm telling you, even on your worst day, goodness and mercy is following you. And God has got the next door already prepared for you, whether you see it or you don't. It's trusting in the Lord. God, your favor is so much better. Quit trying to open every door you go to. Quit trying to open every door you go to and become, become. God, you make me. God, you break me. God, you mold me and allow those doors to open in the right season, in the right timing. God is so good at this. Do you realize the king and queen and all the royal court, they don't come in through the same door as everybody else. They don't enter the same door as all the rest of the peasants. They don't, they don't walk through the same door as everybody else. They have a special entrance. They come through a specially guarded way through the back. They, they don't just come in like everybody else. There's, there's a different door that they go through. Don't be upset when you don't walk through the same door everybody else is walking through. Don't be upset when the door doesn't open for you that you want to open. Just because everybody else is going that way doesn't mean God's got a plan for you to walk that door. God has another door already prepared for you. You got to rest in that. Believe that. Remember Joseph? He had a dream of being, of ruling in Egypt. And I'm sure he didn't feel like it when he was in the pit. I'm sure he didn't feel like it when he was working for Potiphar. I'm sure he didn't feel like it when he was in the prison. But do you realize it was the prison door that got him into the palace? It was the prison door that opened the door for Joseph to the palace. He was in the prison, the dungeon of the palace. He was there. That was there where he got elevated because God's favor was upon his life. And God used the prison door to get him all the way in one day to second command. I'm telling you, God uses prison doors. God uses doors you could never dream or imagine. God uses doors you think are slammed and locked shut. But when God opens them, God makes a way and his way is always better than our way. Give God a hand clap. God has a plan. Think about King David. He's anointed the next king of Israel and then he has to go out, take care of the sheep. The Philistines attack. They send all the army to go fight except for who? David. David, you go back, take care of the sheep. Everybody else, you're going to go fight. David's like, I'm anointed the next king of Israel. I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. I think I can help. You know, I want to go out here. I want to begin to establish some, some rulership. I want, to, I want to help support King Saul. I want to come and I want to show some military might here. I want to come and show off what God can do. He's thinking all this, but instead he's going to wait. This isn't fair. Can you imagine him out there in the backside of the desert? This isn't fair. Everybody's always picking on me. I was anointed the next king of Israel. I'm a better shot than my brothers. They took them. 
I mean, all those things he had to go through. You know how he ends up on the battlefield? His dad says, hey, take these cheese and crackers. Go down there and check on your brothers and bring me back a report. Of course, we know the story. He goes to deliver it. Goliath comes out, begins to rant and rave. Everybody else trembles and hides. David stands up and says, I'll fight this guy. What are you guys afraid of? And of course, we know this to happen. Uh, this is something that's pretty cool. Uh, let's look at the story. Now, let's pick up the story as David goes to fight Goliath. And I want you to get this. This, this is such a, it's a cool thing here. As David goes to, to fight Goliath, it's something you got to understand here that God does some amazing things. God does some amazing things. And God used, God used cheese and crackers, cheese and crackers to open the door for David's life. David, what happened? He kills Goliath. And then what happens? He marries. This says the person who kills Goliath gets the hand of the king's daughter. So David's out taking care of the sheep when everybody else is out fighting where he wants to be. He gets sent with cheese and crackers, ends up killing Goliath, getting the hand of the daughter, and now he's living in the palace with the hand of the daughter of the king. How did he get there? Cheese and crackers. Talking about a crazy door. Who would ever think cheese and crackers would open the door for David to get into the kingdom, into the palace? But it was cheese and crackers. Don't be upset when you feel like all your doors are cheese and crackers. God's got a door waiting for you. God wants us to know we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. God's special possession. See, when God's truth about you hits you, it elevates you. God's truth about you will elevate you without inflating your ego. When I understand, God, I've got your favor. When I understand it's God's favor, it doesn't blow my head up. I don't get prideful about that. It should do the opposite. Matter of fact, God's truth humbles you. Look at this. God's truth humbles you without deflating you. Oh, it doesn't, it builds me up. At the same time, it keeps me humble. God, it's all you. God, it's all about you. God, it's all your favor. God, it's all your door. The more I understand God's favor on my life, the more it should humble me. David had so much favor, he was anointed the next king, but he didn't let it go to his head. Now, as he goes out to face Goliath, look at, look at this now. In 1 Samuel 17, look what, look what Goliath says to him. So the, the, the Philistine said to David, I, am I a dog? You come at me with sticks, and the Philistine cursed God by David. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. And David said to the Philistine, You, you come at me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. He goes, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, of God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Did we see something happening here? David knew whose favor was upon him. He said this. He said, you may come at me with all these gifts you have. You have all these special spears, swords, and a shield. There's none like this. The Bible says, glass armor, there was none like it. He goes, you get all the best weapons. He goes, but I come at you in the name of the Father. I come at you at the spirit of the living God. And let me just give you the translation. What he basically said was this, hey, Goliath, my God is gonna kick your spiritual butt all across this field. That's what he said. 
I'm gonna, I'm just gonna drag you across this field today and we'll defeat you. Did he ever do this at all? Did he say, hang on, Goliath. First of all, let me give you my resume. Did you know I've actually killed a lion and I've actually killed the bear? And I'm a really good shot with a slingshot. Oh, uh, did you know I was anointed next king of Israel? <laughs> do, we, do we see any of that? The only thing we see was David stepping up and saying, you will be defeated by the power and the spirit of God. Because David knew where his giftings and strengths came from. David knew where his victory came from. David knew where his anointing came from. David knew where his favor came from. David knew where his power lied. It wasn't in his own giftings. And any gifting he had was because of God's favor. You gotta understand that, you gotta realize that humility doesn't deny what you have, but it recognizes who gave it to you. Any favor I have, it comes from the Lord. As your pastor, any favor I receive, it comes from the Lord. Any favor we have that we, we are getting our, our broadcasts around the world, it didn't come from me, it's only from God. That's only a God thing. It's not because I'm a great speaker, or because you're a great church. It's only because the favor of the Lord is upon us. God is trying to build up your confidence. He's trying to build up your confidence that you will belong to the Father and he knows what he's doing. That he's got the right door. How does an orphan girl go from being an orphan to adopted to the next king, queen of Persia? Favor of the Lord. The reason was this, she walked like a queen long before she ever entered the palace. There was something, about, she, was a, she had a heart of a queen long before she entered the palace. She had the attitude of a queen long before she entered the palace. She had a heart for God long before it was ever tested. She walked like a queen and she was noticed by a king. This is someone I can build with. This is someone who was be steady hand. This is someone who walks in wisdom. This is someone who thinks things through. This is someone who has an inner beauty as much as an outer beauty. She was elevated. And the cool thing about the story says that when she became elevated, so was her uncle, Mordecai. He was elevated to a high position in the palace. And I just say this to you as a side note. Be careful who you connect yourself to. Some of you connecting yourself with the wrong people and wondering why your door is never opening. Could it be that if you connect yourself to the right people, that when the door opens for them, that God's going to use that door to elevate you too? Come on now. Don't let your current season of struggle define who you are. Your door is coming. Let me prophesy to somebody today. Your door is coming. Your door is just around the corner. Your door is just down another hallway. God's already preparing that door for you. Stay faithful. Let God make you now. And wait for that door to be open when you've never seen it coming. Believe by faith that you are adopted. Believe by faith you are a child of God. Believe by faith you have royal favor. And when you know you're our royalty, let me close with these quick three quick things. I'm going to give it to you, then we're going to close. When you know your royalty, you will live with royal standards. 
Now, we, we don't live our life with a higher standard because we're trying to earn God's love. We can't earn God's love. We can't earn our forgiveness. That's why it's called grace, unmerited favor with the Lord. That all who believe in what his son Jesus did on the cross, that we all receive by grace our salvation. But the news and the understanding that I've been made royal, that I've been adopted, I've been made righteous, that I'm a part of the family of God, even when I was an orphan, God, you've elevated me to be in the palace of the kingdom. I'm a child of the king. That causes me to say, you know what? I'm gonna live at a higher standard. I can't, I can't be like this to everybody else. I can't just talk like everybody else. I can't just go out and party with everybody. I, there's something, God, you're calling me to. It's, it's a higher standard. And I'm not earning my salvation. It's just a standard I elevate to when I really see who I really am. No, I, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be a queen. I'm gonna be a king. Yeah, you don't see it yet. You laugh, go ahead. But you wait, you wait. God's got the door. And number two, you will have a royal relationship. When you understand your royalty, you, your relationships change. You begin to hang around other royal people. You have royal relationships. Listen, stop, stop connecting with people who have similar issues and start connecting with people who have similar goals. Sometimes all we do is hang around people who have the same problems as us and we never get out anywhere besides us feeling sorry for each other. There's, there's a place and time for that. But listen, hang around somebody who's come out of that. Hang around somebody who's conquered that. Hang around somebody who survived that and is going somewhere and say, I, I gotta go to get out of it. So do I, let's go together. Let's encourage each other. We're getting out of here. We're elevating out of this mess. We're living at a higher standard. Connect with people who, who wanna live up to that royal standard. And number three, you have royal resources. Do you realize that your daddy has royal resources? Your daddy's got royal resources. You gotta let that faith come into your heart today. As we close, I wanna remind you of the prodigal son. Remember when he left the house and spent all of his dad's inheritance early on, the Bible says prodigal living. Found himself living in the pig's pen. He comes home, repents to dad. Dad forgives him, hugs him, shows grace, throws a big party. The son who never left comes home and says, what's going on? Was your, your brother came home. We're throwing this big party. He starts getting mad, like, what about me? I didn't leave. No one threw me a party. You ever had those? Why, why is this door open for them? I've been here longer in the company. No one opened the door for me. I've been serving longer and nobody opened this door for me. Ever been there? We've all had this moment, haven't we? And it says, the father reminded the son. He says, son, let me remind you something. You have always had everything. Whatever you need, it's, it's yours. Anything that's mine, it's yours. Let me remind you, son, you, you've had it. The reason why we're partying is because your brother, who was once lost, has now returned home again. So we're going to party tonight. But you, son, you can have a fatted calf anytime you want. You, son, you can have a new ring anytime you want. You, son, you can have as many robes as you want. You, son, this whole, this is already yours. See, you got to understand that when you have a royal mindset, God, it's already yours. It's already yours. I want you to bow your heads. If you're here this morning, 
the most important question you'll be asked in your life is this question right here. Have you fully surrendered your life to Jesus? Here's that question. Have you fully surrendered your life to Jesus? The Bible says that we must believe. That's the first step. We must believe that he is the Messiah. We must believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, that he came and died for the sins of the world on the cross and was resurrected on the third day. We must believe that. But it says we must also confess it with our mouth and surrender our, our lordship to his lordship of our life. I won't do anything to embarrass you. We had several hands in the first service that went up, and I believe today is your day if you're ready to accept Jesus. Without anybody looking at me, can you just raise your hand? If you're at home, raise your hand as well. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Anybody else want to join them? Thank you, yeah. There you go, guys, thank you. One more time, if you haven't raised it and you want to join them, raise your hand right now. If that's me, I'm ready to accept Jesus today. What an awesome day. This is why we're here. Everything comes down to this moment right here. Everything we did today comes down to this moment right here. It's more than just a quick prayer. It's a hard change. It says, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to submit my life fully to Jesus. If you raise your hands and you meant that today, I want you to say this prayer after me. We'll help you along as Christians sitting around you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I surrender my whole life to you. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we say welcome to the family, God. Come on, give me a big hand clap. This is why we're here today.